Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for our first episode of the new iteration, iteration, sorry, of the Villa View podcast. So this is the Villa View, the pod with myself hosting Dan Bardell, joined by Chris Dolan and Omar from the Villa Talks podcast. I'm not going to say from the Villa Talks podcast anymore, actually, because you're going to be on this podcast every week with us, Omar. So yeah, Omar joins the team for the pod in association with Luke Roper. If you use the code TVV. No, TVV20 at checkout. You'll get 20% off most items. So, yeah, episode one. We're not really 100% sure of the format of this podcast at the moment. So, we're just going to run with it. But, Dolan, you okay? Good, man. Yeah, good. Good Good to be back. Good to be back. And, um, yeah, the 9.30 slot's kind of my fault because I'm literally only only home from work. And uh, I've had a couple of packets of tato and, um, and a cup of tea from the, from the John McGinn mug. So, yeah. Uh, Mm. Yeah, all those chat- late start. Hopefully, hopefully the half nine starts not too bad for for everyone. So, uh, yeah, if we can get it, if, as you say, if we can get it earlier on certain nights, then we we may well um, do that. But no, it's good to be back, man. Good to be back with the pod and uh, yeah, buzzing for the weekends. Yeah, thinking about all those Jack Grealish mugs that we sold about twelve months ago now that absolutely nobody probably wants to use anymore. But I'm going to enforce a Jack Grealish ban. On this mm. pod, Omar, I don't want anyone to, to mention his name. We've, we've both got to move on. He's moved on. It's time we've moved on as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, there goes all my notes, mate. That's all I had That's all I had in my locker, to be honest. That's all I can talk about. So No, we've done it. We've, it's been done to death. No, it's good. no, we've got to move on. You know, I, I tweeted uh, the other day, you know, we just got on. Like, the stuff with his unveiling and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, yeah, it was funny they didn't win the Community Shield, uh, but you know, he's not our player anymore. I don't really care. I'll be honest. I'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about it, I'm sure, a little bit. But um, I- I've lost, I've lost any sort of association I had with him, any sort of emotional attachment. I, I, you know, I, w- I wish him the best and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's all about Villa, and that's all that matters going forward. Yeah, that's that. So let's draw a line under it and focus on the players that, that we've got. Dolan had a friendly against Salah. I knew I was going to get the name wrong. Salah Nitana, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Someone will probably be correcting me in the live chat right now. Villa won 3-1 despite going behind. And the main thing we want to start with this week is formation because it it looks like Villa are going to be playing 4-4-2 with the, the two main men, Ings and Watkins, paired together up front. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I mean, everything we've tried to play 4-4-2, even on the Bruce... Like we, we never really had the uh, the kind of the, the right players to play the uh, the, the to play that way. Um, and then we dabbled a little bit with um, with with Davis last season. Um, Davis and Watkins, he came on and made an impact. You know, you look at you look at West Brom and and, and the Fulham game, and and you know he he turned it on on its head. But I always prefer us. I personally prefer us 
with the one um with the one up top and then the two sort of like that sort of four three three type type thing you know um but we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean it's a formation that we've never really played, uh, but then we've never had players like uh, Danny Ings and and um, Ali Watkins up top together. But um, it'll be interesting. I think I think we'll, we'll be quite quite fluid. I think I think now we have the squad to be able to to you know to play in whatever way suits us and and, and whatever way suits our you know opponents essentially. So I think now with the strength and depth we have, we may see different kinds of. Uh, formations because we have the players to to you know to sw- switch it about, but I think you almost kind of bringing bringing things in. You can't drop them, and then you can't drop Watkins for the season you had last season. So either we've got to play four four two by default, or you move Watkins out out wide. But then you're kind of bringing away what we saw of Watkins last season, and I thought he was he was absolutely outstanding up top. Mm. So I think we'll. I think we'll go with the four four two, but there'll definitely be you know it'll it'll evolve over the season for sure. Yeah, I mean, oh my, Dean Smith's never really played four four two in his managerial career either, has he? No, not really. He's he's sort of stuck to that four three three even for Villa, really. Uh, either four two three one or or a natural sort of more four three three with three midfielders and two eights. So. It'd be interesting to see. I, I was quite surprised uh, at the ink signing, as, as we all were. Um, I expected someone more like Tammy or maybe someone a bit more akin to Watkins, maybe a, a bit more of a younger version or, or someone a bit more potential. But Ings is ready made. He's 29 years old. He hasn't come here to sit on the bench. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. I, I mean, I watched a lot of Southampton last year and they played Ings and Che Adams a lot together. Um, and Ings would normally be the support striker or, or drift out wide, and Che Adams would be the one on the, on the shoulder. So I think I imagine that's what we will see for Villa. Um, but they can do either job. I think that's the flexibility Dolan talks about. We've got to be a bit fluid. Uh, Bailey and Brandia, you imagine, will be on the wings, and they can both come inside. Uh, although Bailey does like to stay out wide, Brandia obviously likes to come in from the right hand side. So I expect us to be fairly fluid. Um, I can I can only really see us play a four four two or. A, Four four one one type formation. I can't really see us play four three three to be honest, uh, because I don't think we can fit the players in unless we play Bendia as a number eight or like a number ten. But then the question marks arise around the midfield for me. Um, have we got a strong enough midfield two for the Premier League? I'm not too sure. Against certain mm. teams, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I think for the majority of teams, I think that is the the weakness for us right now. And we saw that against in the preseason. I know it's preseason and. You know, Soltantino or Soltantino, however you say it. Soltana, none of us know how to say it. They look like Bournemouth to me, the, the badge, so I'm going to call them the Italian Bournemouth. But they, they didn't really press us, so it was a difficult one to judge us on. But Ings and Watkins linked up really well. You know, they worked really well together, nice little one-twos. Um, I can see them doing really well together, but the midfield was a bit stretched at times uh, for me. So I, I guess we'll see. Uh, that is a is a bone of contention for me and bone of contention for many Villa fans I'm sure with the, with the midfield but uh, it's great great options to have but uh, a headache for Dean Smith but I no, like I said I can't really see him playing anything apart from two up front or, or sort of a one and a one at the top yeah because the Ings signing Dolan as much as we're all happy that he's there I'm, I'm absolutely delighted he's, he's been one of my favourite players in the Premier League for years I think probably second to Harry Kane in terms of being the sharpest in front of goal as, as Premier League strikers now but it's kind of thrown us a bit because mm. I think everyone just thought, oh, Brindé is going to play on the right, Watkins is going to be th- through the middle, perhaps Bailey on the left. Now you're throwing Ings in there as well. And Bailey has played more from the right for Leverkusen and Brindé have played more for the right for Norwich. So one of them two is going to be moving. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see, as Omar was saying, kind of with, with Brindé, I could see him just coming in, uh, let's see, like for like for Jack. And then we have that 4 through 3 And then I think if we can get in a real enforcer, um, uh, you know, because we, but then we speak about options in, in the midfield, and you, you sort of ram off the likes of Sansom, again, Luis, Nakamba, um, Hurahan, just to name a few. We actually do have options. What we don't have is that real kind of, uh, you know, indeedy type sort of powerhouse um, in the centre of the pitch. Nakamba, Nakamba's got got a little bit of that in his locker, but I still think he. Um, I, I, I still think he's kind of lacking that that little bit of quality. Although he was he was brilliant when he came in uh, last season, and he and he you know he, he never put a foot wrong. So um, he was he was he was he was great in that sense. But 
I think it'll be interesting. Um, I think this is this for me is is what we what we, what I've been crying for is is strength and depth and, and and you know having options having options up top. You know, it's like you've wanted another striker for a very very I've long wanted, time. I just think yeah, I just think as a as a top a top six to be a top six club, you need to have options off the bench. You need to have you need to have strikers like you need to have real options you know we we look you know we'll come on to that but there was the, there was you know Watkins there was that that thought of Watkins coming off um, on, on on Sunday and we don't know how 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 fit he is this week or if he's if he's going to play but yeah, although that's although that will be a blow you could just you just you could just have Dan Ings up up top on his own and and there you go problem solved and I think that's what we lacked. We, you know, we were always like, God, what if Jack gets injured? Then we're going to be stuck. What if Watkins and Jack got injured last season? We would have been really, really in, you know, in the mire. So you look at that top six now, top seven, there's just got so many options. And even, even the likes of Gazi, who his numbers spoke for themselves. Um, Traore, I think, is going to get better. Trezeguet still got to come back in there. Uh, Bedence is, for me... I mean, he he's my player preseason. He's been absolutely phenomenal. That kid looks like a real talent, a real talent. So you got you got these players, you got these players in all in all areas. I I think now looking at at the slight lack the slight lack of depth. Sorry, would be in our fullback position now. You know, I think we we could mm. do with another we could do with another 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 uh, another left back and possibly another right back. Um, no, I disagree. I disagree with that. Just to fill. Well, I mean, who who do we have at right back to to come in? Young can young can kind of play the side. I think Twanzabi's probably been bought in with with the mind of he'll play back at right yeah. back. Conser's played right back, hasn't he? Gilbert's yeah. still there at the moment. Gilbert, you know, yeah. I don't yeah. think we need. I, I don't think Gilbert would be here, to be fair. But I, no. I, don't, I don't. I don't say that we'll we'll get another fullback. And I think that's why they brought Ashley Young in to cover both positions. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I just think you know to have that consistent style of play. I think we need, we need you know two two players in each position of similar of similar similar elk, you know. And I just don't think we have that, you know. I don't think we have a a, a real natural fit for Matt Cash if he if he um if he if he gets injured. Um, I think mostly Young can come in and, and help target, but again, he is he's thirty six, thirty seven. So um personally i just feel we could do a little bit more cover um uh, at at fullback but i think the squads are looking, looking looking pretty pretty top yeah well, I mean, we'll come on to transfer window later on in the show but i do think there'll be one or two through the door though perhaps one of them might be a little bit last minute just thinking back to the system omar you know out of possession i think it's kind of we out of possession we were a bit 4-4-2 anyway weren't we when barkley played he was playing very close to watkins when when we were defending but it's it's just those patterns in the in the attacking way. I mean, it's going to take a few weeks to get to groups. When you lose your, yeah. your key player, who I'm not going to name now, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult because everything's gone through him. But I'd be a little bit worried about maybe having Brendan or Bailey playing on the, on the left hand side, but it's not what what they have been doing for the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about that. I guess we'll see. But I think um, you're, you're completely right. We were playing like a four four two almost out of possession, and I think that was a big drop off post COVID. Was Obviously, some players were affected by COVID. Barkley, in particular, seemed to be affected by the injury, and his pressing numbers and the pressures he was doing was completely the other, you know, completely flipped on his head, really, and made a massive impact on us in terms of being able to press from the front and allowing. I mean, what we were seeing early part of the season was the likes of Watkins, the likes of Barkley, uh, Trezeguet as well, Greenish to some extent as well, uh, pressing from the front, allowing our midfield and defence to organise themselves, which meant that we were so so good defensively, which we the pre- from the previous season we weren't. Uh, and then post-COVID, uh, you know, Barkley just wasn't the same player at all. He didn't have the same legs. So it allowed them to uh, play, you know, opposition teams to play through our midfield. What Bandir is excellent at is pressing. And I think... Yeah, that's, that's going to be an upgrade, isn't it? Creativity-wise, he's fantastic. He's a match for Jack in terms of creativity. But his pressing is, is, on, is on another level compared to any of our wingers, really. And he's done that fantastically well for Norwich, both in Championship and in the Premier League. So I'd be excited to see that. Leon Bailey isn't bad. He's definitely an upgrade on Troy. Isn't as good as Bandia. Watkins, we know what he is. And Danny Ings is fantastic at pressing. Not quite Watkins level, but he's not far off. So I he's think... Quick, those... He's quick as well. He's quick. quick. Quick and sharp. You know, he's always on the last, last man. He's always looking for a mistake. You know, I think that's so important. I think that's why, I mean, I'm not too not too worried about that side of things in terms of defending from the front what i am worried is once they breed the press what happens then uh and, and which we'll, we'll come on to in a second but 
Leon Bailey, we know we talked about earlier, he has he, he probably is probably more comfortable from the right, but actually he's played quite a lot on the left as well for for Bayer Leverkusen as well. And he and the good thing with with Bailey, which is quite different to other wingers, is he can play on either side uh, quite comfortably. So most wingers, you know, Al Ghazi likes to play from the left, Trezeguet likes to play from the right, Troy likes to cut in from the right, Buendia likes to play from the right, but Leon Bailey can play either wing quite. Yeah, quite well to be honest, and he's comfortable with either wing. So I think that gives us a bit of flexibility as well because he can go on the outside with his lightning fast pace. He can use his right foot quite well as well. So I think with him as well, you know, we probably will need to give him a bit of time because he has had no preseason. He's probably going to miss the Watford game. Uh, it's going to take him mm. a few games to get into it. So for that reason, I think you know we we'll probably will be relying on the likes of Buendia if he's fit, Al Ghazi to an extent, Traore, who's just come back from injury, and probably why Philogene Badesio probably will not go out on loan or may go out on loan late in the window because we probably do need him in and around the squad. Plus, he's had such a, as, as Dolan said, has had such a great preseason as well. Yeah, I think he's actually got an outside chance of, of starting on, on Saturday at, at Vicarage Road. I'd, uh, it is that midfield, though, Dolan. You've reeled off the list of the players that we have. But it's finding that right partnership. I mean, I think we can all agree that perhaps the strongest one at the moment is Nakamba and McGinn. McGinn has looked better when he's played next to Nakamba. But if we're playing 4-4-2, we're going to need to be a little bit better on the ball. I think in the second half of the season, we did not look after possession as well as we did in the first half of the season at all. And I think McGinn's better in possession than he's given credit for. But, you know, it's not his strongest suit. Nakamba would looked a lot more progressive in the friendly on um, Saturday. Actually, I thought he looked a lot better on the ball and looked a bit more willing to come forward and pass the ball forward. So that was that was nice to see. There's no real ball player in there, is there? And I, I think that's a problem when you when you take into account the physicality and no ball player. I think they're two big things to be missing. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd, I'd go, I'd, I'd I'd be going for your man in Guiza at Fulham. Um, he, he'd be the one I'd be going for. And uh, then there's talk today that we're in for uh, again the French league. Is it the court? The court, yeah. Again, I don't know much about him, um, but I know what I know. Our scout has you know, our scouts have, have have you know contacts in in the French league, and, and there are some real bargains to be had there. But I'd be going for Anguisa. Um I think he he impressed me massively uh, in a in a in quite a quite a per Fulham side uh, last season. Um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I just we have a we you know when when we name the list of midfielders that we have they're all a little bit samey you know they're all quite similar uh, in, in in their game uh, I think we only have kind of one Nakamba um, and I think we need we need an upgrade we we need someone who can come in and be that enforcer uh, we haven't had that for for quite a while I can't think of the last time we had a real kind of you know a real no nonsense CDM Karim El Hamidi. Mm, well, yeah, I still well, can't, well, I still can't think of the last time we had a real. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember one. I'll be honest. Boateng was the first one that jumped into Boateng. my head. I can't, can't think of anyone, anyone since him. Uh, Jemba, Jemba. I mean, there's been some classics. There's been some absolute classics over the year, over the Rio, years. Rio Coco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say he's quite similar to Nakamba. You know, yeah. as, as, as is probably as is George Boateng. But um, was, was it, actually, do you know what? Mila Jednak was was pretty good at that. If you if you if you look, if you look at his game in in the championship, I just yeah, I just think we're missing. I just think whatever you talk about a top quality CDM, everyone just says Ndidi. So there are players out there, you know, of that of that caliber that can be that can be bought in. You know, he was bought he was bought for next to nothing from from what I can remember. I think he was bought from the French league as well um, for Leicester. So there are players out there, but it's like I said to you, man, on on the phone the other day. I'm, very happy going into the going into Saturday with with um with what we have. Uh, I think getting Twins ABM was was massive. I just think we've got strength and depth all across all across the squad, and to be going into the season only essentially a player short of where of where we're at to be that to be that kind of all round force. Um, I think we've had again again for the second season in a row. I think we've had the best uh, transfer window by by some distance. By some distance, you know. I mean, you look at a lot of the clubs out there; they haven't even signed a player. You know, Newcastle I think are on the verge of getting Willick, but I think that's their first signing, and he hasn't even come to the, come, come to the door yet. You know, is it, is, you list off, you know, you list off teams. Even Watford, they, I think they've only bought in what two, three players. One of them being from the lower leagues. One of them came in on loan from Parma, I think, the other day. Um, and I, I think they got a, a, a young Chelsea kid in on loan as well. So 
we've again for the second year in a row we've been by far and away the most progressive club in the window and and this is the way it's going to be this is the way it'll be for us for for on, on you know under this ownership this is this this is the this is the way it'll be and we're only going to get better and better and um i'm you know i'm 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 happy yeah um, okay. I, I think I, sorry don you cut a little bit at the end there i thought i thought you'd finish but i think it was it was the internet <laughs> Omar, did you watch the game at the weekend? It's quite a weird thing going on with the captain, sir, in that we didn't seem yeah. to have one. Like mm, Consta yeah. was the one that walked out with a little pendant, pendant. I don't know, I don't know which one, which one it is that, that you call, you know, but no one had the armband. I think we all assumed Tyro Mings was going to be captain. I'd still be absolutely shocked if he wasn't, but that was that was a little bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't sure about. That. I mean, I, I think everyone actually assumed Mings would be captain. I was a bit worried when I saw Consta come out. I thought something happened. Uh, you know, but I think I think maybe they're just waiting for. I was thinking about it actually earlier. I was thinking, why why did they do that? But maybe they're waiting for when the team's announced and training. Maybe they'll announce the captain there in front of the players. I think maybe that then then they'll announce it to social media. So maybe Dean Smith is taking his time because you obviously have someone like Ashley Young as well, who's a candidate. Um, obviously, experienced uh, Villa. You know, been at Villa before, experienced player. Uh, but will he play regularly? I don't know. Probably not. So Tyron Mings is the obvious candidate. Martinez is another one. Uh, but I imagine I imagine they'll probably announce it just before the game. They'll probably want to wait till announce the players at training and when they announce the lineup. I, well, I hope that's the case anyway, rather than anything else. But I, I can't really see anyone else apart from maybe McGinn is the other option. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on that, I like the um, I like what Pommy Elphick said uh, in the uh, in the podcast with you, Dan. Um, being a captain's just it's just you're, you're essentially just wearing an armband and i think what we have i mean omar's just just listed off there four or five players that will all be essentially captains you know i think we're we're building we're building you know uh a squad full of leaders and i think if you look at jack sorry to say his name on on, on the, on the show but he 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 was he led by he led by example in terms of his performances you know um he, he obviously a, a, quite a young captain when he when he came in, but he was given captain because of the, obviously the whole history behind the club and, and the fact that he's our best player. So he he led from the front in in terms of in terms of like ability. But you could give it to Ming, you could give it to Martinez, you could give it to McGinn, Ashley Young, um, Danny Ings. You know, like we've got a lot of really, really, really you know experienced players, uh, and I think I think Ming's will get it. I think Ming should get it. Um, I think it'll probably be, be Mings and Ashley Young uh, as vice captain. Uh, but I, again, I, I believe whenever Smith first came in at Villa that he wasn't going to maybe have a captain. He, he isn't yeah, really I thought about that the other day. That sort of captain rule. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that he's building a squad for the leaders, I think, as, as Tommy said uh, a, f- a few days ago, it's being a captain is all about just having that armband and just making sure everything's organised in the pitch. But in, in the modern game, Everyone, everyone takes responsibility, and um, and I think we're you know we've got a really really solid close dressing room. So um, yeah, I think it'll be Mings, but it's not something I'm particularly worried about. If it's Konza, then so be it. I'm not particularly worried about it. Konza has become quite vocal actually on the pitch in the, in the last twelve months. Omar, he's come on a lot in in that terms of his development, and I think I'm just thinking back to when we were in the Championship the season we went up. You know, there was a lot of leaders yeah. in that squad. We think of people like Whelan. Yedinaku, who weren't wearing the wearing the armband, sometimes weren't even on the pitch. You know, it's, like Dolan says, Omar, it's Chester. good to have that Chester. Yeah, Elphick was still there at that time. Oh, Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have a lot of people to choose from again, isn't it? And have that team of leaders because the season we nearly went down first season back, there weren't many leaders there. No, no, there wasn't. No, you're right, completely right. And I think probably why another reason why we've signed Ashley Young and, and probably Danny Ings as well. You know, these are experienced uh, professionals. They, they, I imagine they carry themselves really well on the training pitch and are good, uh, good role models for the younger players as well. Because you know we have got the youngest squad in the Premier League, or we did have anyway. It's probably got younger now with Heaton and, and the like leaving, and then Ashley Young and Danny Ings coming in. I still imagine we're pretty, pretty much the youngest squad in the in the league. So it's important you have those leaders on the pitch. Uh, we, we, like I said, we didn't see it in that first season back in the Premier League. It probably did need it from time and time again. But um, I, I think. I think the most important thing for us, as Dolan's completely right, is making sure we're organised and, and there's, the people are taking responsibility. And Conza, you've said, you know, he's, he's stepped up his game in that front as well. You see him so many times last season. 
uh, marshalling the defence. Uh, I think Mings has helped him out massively on that front as well. And, and you know, sort of even arguing with Martinez at times and stuff like that, you know, m- making sure responsibly he's taken in that defence is probably why we were so good last season as well. You know, we were such an organised defence last season and did so well. So it's a great, uh, you know, I think we're well stacked in that front in terms of leadership, uh, uh, both up front in midfield and, and in defence. So I have no, no worries about that at all. Uh, the key really now is just pushing on more than anything else, and and yeah, whether whether the leaders on the pitch or on the bench, I don't think it matters too much. Um, uh, you know, the, I think the important thing is that the squad feel that they've got people to look up to. Yeah, let's stay with you then, Omar. Let's look ahead to the Watford game on Saturday, at 3 p.m. A little bit. Yeah. You told me earlier with great confidence and swagger <laughs> that you'd been you'd done your research on Watford and you knew a fair bit about them. So come on, tell us what you know. Yeah, I mean, well, as much as you can know about Watford, really, they're uh, always a bit of an unknown quantity. They've been for a while, haven't they? They uh, they tend to sign so many players, ship them out on loan to Udinese, and then sign them back up again and get them back in on loan. So it's, it's a bit of a difficult one. I mean, I saw a fair bit of them last season, and uh, really weird season for them. I think you know they uh, they they did okay at the beginning, where under the previous manager, you know, they they're sort of in the chasing pack. Not really in the race for autos, and then they they made a change uh, halfway through the season, bringing in Cisco Munez. And I mean, he was I mean, Watford are known to bring it, bringing in random managers, but he was a proper random manager. I think he only managed eleven games for Dinamo Tbilisi. Like, I mean, we must be three of the only people in the country that haven't managed Watford. There can't yeah, be too well, many knocking be, around. And we're, we're probably we're probably in the shortlist somewhere. I imagine. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised, but you know, it's just a random pick, uh, and they, they start and he started okay, but then. You know they they managed to the change up. I think he changed the formation from four four two to four three three, and then they went on a, a long winning run. I think they won the fourteen of the last eighteen games, uh, and that formation change was a massive part because they suddenly started scoring lots of goals. And they had a you know had a decent defence, but the, def- the goals started coming. And Ismaili Saar, who we've been linked with before, and Liverpool been linked with Liverpool as well, was key was key in that. So I imagine they will play a similar formation because th- that did well for them last season. But the key really is the personnel. You know, they've signed so many players. They're really stacked in, in all positions, really. But in terms of quality, I'm not too sure. You know, they've got Saar, they've got Cucho uh, Hernandez, they've brought back uh, from loan. They've got uh, Jao Pedro, who's did really well, probably injured. Josh King, obviously, they signed, who's probably injured. Troy Dean. actually Fletcher, I didn't realise. Yeah, such a random Watford signing that is. I mean, they don't. Danny Rose there as well now. Danny Rose, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they do, but I think they've got pace, pace and trickery in in forward position, so there could be a problem on the counter uh, that could catch us by surprise. Uh, Saar, especially, I think, is obviously the the key man for them. I think Kucha Hernandez is a bit of a wild card as well. I think he could be a really good player, uh, but we'll see. I don't think Troy Deeney will will make an appearance because you know he he was probably one of the worst players in the championship last season. So oh, fast words. Uh... I know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll probably come on and score a hat trick, but uh, I guess we'll see. But I, I think for me, they. What, I was reading a bit of Watford fans forum, and they they're not positive at all. You know, they're really worried because Will Hughes and Chalobah are in their last years of the contract and looking for moves. So that's unsettled them quite a lot. Uh, and so they've bought in a, a few different random players. Uh, so I, I guess we'll see. You know, Etebo from Stoke City who was pretty poor in the Premier League before, but then it seems to have done pretty well in pre-season. So, who knows? I mean, they, like I said, they're unknown quantity. They could they could all gel and be really good or they could be terrible and just explode. Uh, it's, 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 just one a, it's just a bizarre mishmash of players. I don't know whether I, should, uh, whether I should be worried or not because I, re- I genuinely, playing a, a newly promoted team, Dole, and it, it is a trip into the unknown, isn't it? But I think out of the three newly promoted sides, they're the one I'd pick to play. Yeah, I mean, at home, I mean, at home I'd have been very confident. Um, then our, our away record last season was so good, but that was mainly without fans. So I think it'll be a different, it'll be a different, uh, be a different scenario this this season for sure. Um, I, I mean, I watched bits of Watford last season. Um, I know they're a kind of club that are a little bit chaotic, and they, um, yeah, they, they, they don't, they don't suffer fools uh, when it comes to their their management. So it'd be interesting to see how they how they go really but I think yeah as Omar was saying a lot of the fans are I've been saying this is probably the weakest squad they've had going into a Premier League season um, and yeah I, 
there's only very few uh, Watford players I could I could I could I could rhyme off. Um, but it, it, does Ben Foster? Does is Ben Foster? I think he's second one? choice now. Possibly, yeah. Choice. B- B- Backman, yeah. So Foster got injured last season, so Backman came in and he, he did really well. And linked with Arsenal as well. He was. He played the Euros, didn't he? Although everyone's linked with Arsenal, aren't they? So uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll sign him. I don't know, but um, it's not be uh, a tough game. They'll, you know, they'll yeah. be up for it. I've never been to Vickers Road, so um, it'll be it'll be um, it'll be one to take off the list. But um, atmosphere wise, I don't know what the atmosphere is like at the club. I don't know. I know for a fact that you know we've experienced it when there's a bit of disconnect between the between the fans and the owners and the players. Then things can get a little bit out of hand. But I, I don't know what, what what the kind of situation is with with Watford and their fans and the owners and the manager, etc. But um, yeah, I mean, so uh, listen, it'll be a tough game. They're all tough. They're all tough, you know. So I spoke to Steve Parrish on on Sunday because they played, Palace played Watford in the preseason, and and he said, you know, I was like any any tips, any hints, and he sort of pretty much said, well, it's hard, to, it's hard to tell in preseason, but they looked a, a little bit disjointed, but whether or not you tell you what, that was not what he said on the text on the text message. Yeah. I saw. Are they continue? <laughs> he said they're a little bit di- disjointed, but um, <laughs> so we'll uh, yeah we'll see what. We'll see what we get on uh, on Saturday, but uh, yeah, our, our our first three fixtures you, you couldn't really have you couldn't really have asked for a better three. Uh, you know, when you got Watford, Newcastle, and Brentford, you'd like to be thinking if we're going to be a serious uh, serious top half team, then um, you know we need to be getting three three out of three here. So yeah, let's hope we can continue. You know, we we had a great a great no way record last season, um, and let's hope we can we can carry on where we left off. We had a great start to last season as well, yeah. didn't we? Mario really, really set us on on our way. You saw that just carrying that bit of positive momentum. I mean, who knows what would have happened if it hadn't been for all, for all the COVID stuff? But it kind of alleviates any fear and worry straight away, doesn't it? Getting off to that good start, and like Dolan says, you look at the fixtures and you think there is a chance to gain some early momentum again. Yeah, no, definitely, and um, yeah, that was such an. If you look back at the season now, you know that start completely changed our season, really. Uh, made a massive difference because without that start, you know, who knows where we'd have finished. But I suppose that doesn't matter. It's, it's a 38 it's a game season, so whether you get the points at the beginning or the end, it doesn't really matter. But we, we've got, you know, Dolan's right. We've got a real good advantage here now and opportunity here now to, to push up early part of the season and do well. But I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I am slightly concerned with our preseason. I know a lot, most clubs have been affected with games being cancelled, but I think for us, with Jack going, with Dean. You know, being in isolation for ten days and injuries to Bundia and Watkins and things like that. You know, baby coming in a bit late. It's not. It's not far from ideal. So I, I think fans need to be a little bit patient. Uh, don't expect us to go all guns blazing from the start. I think there'll be a, uh, one of those where we have to grind out results. And and what for the home? You know, they they had the best home record in in all four league in, in the top four leagues last season. So you know, that's something to be said for them as well. So. I don't expect an easy ride on Saturday, but I think we should win. Uh, and, and I expect us to do well in the first three games. But it may be, maybe, you know, that kind of game where we try and grind out a result, maybe a bit of quality from Buendia or Watkins or Ings is, is going to be the difference in those kind of games uh, until we get going, until the likes of Bailey come in and, and we start gelling together and, and getting that sort of formation. Because if we are going to play a new formation, obviously it take time for players to bed into that system as well because they've been so used to playing this sort of 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 formation as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not being pessimistic. I'm being just a little bit cautious, I think, for that for the first three games. And I think I, I'd urge all fans to be a little bit cautious as well in terms of patience more than anything else. It's going to be. I'm trying to think what, what the team will be. I mean, obviously at the time we're, we're doing this live now, we don't know. What's going on with Watkins? We haven't heard anything. I believe Buendia's back in training, so I'd expect him to play on on Saturday with that in mind. But, you know, you can pick the back. The back five picks itself, obviously. We, we, we know what that's going to be. But I'm just trying to think, would you possibly see three at the back if you've got a few attacking players mm. missing? Would you no, see Twan Zabi play? I don't, I don't, I'm just trying to think what, what we would do. I think McGinn mm-hmm. and Akamba's in midfield, but then what's in front of that? I'm not really sure. El Ghazi on the left, I, pres- I would presume. But Dice has got a chance of starting, I would say. I think it all boils down. To, it, it all boils down to Watkins. If he's fit, I think we're going to go. I think we're going to go four four two. Uh, and if he's not fit, I think we're going to we're going to play very similar to what we played last season. Um, probably Bondia uh, as a as a as a as a number ten. Um, Nakamba, McGinn, and then it'll be a toss up between either El Ghazi, Traore, or Bedis. Yeah. 
Traore hasn't had much of a pre-season either, and he looked very yeah. erratic when he came on. The, the way he looked at his erratic best Traore, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. He really did. He um, he tried to, he, every time he got the ball, he tried to take on three or four players and kept losing it. So uh, again, needs time. But if Bendia's fit, then yeah, I think I agree with Dolan. I think we'll probably see a four-four-two, uh, and I, I wouldn't mind that because Bendia will naturally come inside. Uh, Garzi probably wouldn't be first choice. It would probably be Leon Bailey. Or, uh, I think he trusts Algarzi now. I think I think Algarzi's yeah. sort of. I, I think he trusts him. You know, I mean, we spoke yeah. about Algarzi's sort of tracking back and his defensive side of the game, which I think he's 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 really improved on. But I think with his numbers last season, it's kind of hard not to play him. You know, like and and again, you look at at set pieces and and you know the guy never misses a penalty. He never misses a penalty. Oh, so, um, penalties are out of this world. You know, so if you if you're looking at if you if you're looking at weapons from a from from a set piece and and um, potential penalties, then you know El Ghazi El Ghazi starts he starts for me and he, he deserves a start because like I said his his, his numbers last season were um, were very very impressive. Um, so yeah, I think it all boils down to Watkins. I think if Watkins is fit, I think we go four for two. And if Watkins isn't fit, then I think we'll see something similar to last season. Um, with Bundia and then I think as you said Dan I think Bundia might start um, but again Trory's done well when he's played you know he, he's, he's had a good season he, I thought he was he was very strong for his first his debut season as well and um, and I think uh, I think I think Smith trusts him as well so it'll be interesting to see what he goes with yeah we've got the, the nine subs now I don't know whether people are watching this yeah. one we've got announced yesterday you're, you're allowed nine subs I mean have we got nine subs? No, got, at the moment with, with with players out, there's going to be yeah. there could be some right uh, surprises on the bench, couldn't there? Yeah, that's that's probably why we haven't seen players like Gilbert and and Haran go go out, go back on loan or, or or move on because I think I think he's obviously going to use these guys and I think you know having the likes of Connor Haran on the bench if you've got nine subs, you know a, a bit like NFL, you know you you throw them on in the last five ten minutes and, and with, with set pieces he's 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 a master so. Um, I think I think um, I think our whole game plan is going to change now with 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 um, having is it Austin McPhee the new set piece coach? <laughs> yeah, and he will not have been impressed with what he saw at the, on Saturday. No, let me tell no. you, Sunday, sorry, because let me tell you, the, obviously we conceded one from a set piece, and some of the deliveries were horrendous. Yeah. So I think um, I think you're going to see a different mindset from, in terms of tactics, ter- terms terms of substitutions. Because yeah, I know Smith spoke a lot about um, throw-ins as well. He, he's going to he's going to really look at at, at sort of throw-ins as a as a set piece. Um, yeah, been bad at throw-ins ever since I've been going down. Yeah, so I think I think we're we're going to see a different mindset and a different uh, philosophy. So I think the the nine subs it suits us, and we'd certainly have enough enough players in the squad to to fill the bench. That's for sure. Yeah, be good for the likes of Trip with Mecca, won't it? Oh um, my, the, the nine subs because it means more often than not he'll probably be on the bench. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he if he has a big part to play this season. Not in terms of starting games, but you know, being a regular sub, uh, which I think is good for his development. I think he's he's one player I wouldn't look to loan now. I think he needs to be part. No, of he, won't, he won't. He won't go. He won't go. I think, and plus, if we want to keep him, obviously, because he's. I think October time is when we want him to sign a new contract, so we want him to be involved in the first team as much as possible because there'll be other teams sniffing around. And again. He looks an exciting player. So again, gives us another option. You know, we're not talking about him really. He's, he's no. It's a good point because I was going to say, like we speak, we speak, we speak about uh, lack of midfielders. You know, I forgot about Jacob Ramsey, Ramsey. as well, and and Sanson. And Sanson, you know, I, I think I said him, but yeah, I think we've, you know, does he does Chukamega play? Is he a C? Is he a C? Is he kind of like a, like a, a ten? More, more, like, a ten. more like a ten. Yeah, I would say more like a ten. He can play eight uh, as well, but I think for the Premier yeah. League, I think it might be a bit too much for him. But I think it's I, just because of his size, isn't it? You assume, you assume he's going to be, yeah. be he could be a good DM, but he's so silky, he carries the ball mm. so well. He's a, he's a, he's an out and out ten for me. Mm-hmm. It, so it just again, seems to be an attribute that we're looking at uh, for sorry, Dolan, uh, for CDM as well, though, because uh, you know this link with Decore, this link with Pepe Sar, uh, you know these types of players that we're looking at. We're looking almost like a player who's very good defensively, but also can carry the ball from mm-hmm. midfield. And Geese is one player, you know, it's fantastic yeah. at dribbling. Oh, so, I would say though, are any of those links true? Because we know, know. know we're pretty certain we've been chasing more Prowse all, all summer. In fact, I am certain yeah. we've been chasing more Prowse all summer, and we haven't managed to to do the business with Southampton. And then we've walked up, clicked our fingers, and got Danny Ings, which is is a bit strange. But they they're very very reluctant to, to lose more Prowse. But not, he's not the type of midfielder that we've been talking about that we need. Yet he seems yeah. to be the one that that we've been after. So all the midfielders you've just reeled off, Omar. You know, I'm not. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not convinced. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's diff- a difficult one. I mean, uh, James Ward Prowse, the defensive stats are underrated, to be honest. He's, he's yeah. still very, he's very good defensive. Physicality, isn't it? That's what we but want. Physicality is, is, you know, he's, he's, he's more of a player who intercepts balls or sort of, you know, nods a ball away from a player more than anything else. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe the links are because the Villa fans want that physical presence. Maybe Dean Smith. Dean Smith is not historically yeah. never really played with a physical. No, I think it was Brentford. So Woods was the yeah. deepest, wasn't it? Mm. Also, he played. You know, he played with very similar types of midfielders. You know, they're sort of busy midfielders, energetic midfielders, but who are good technically. So, I I, I would love, and I'm sure more, most Villa fans would love a physical presence. But whether we get that or not, I, I guess we'll see. But if James Ward Prowse isn't one then the only other player similar to that is Harry Winks. And I, I, I wouldn't like to see him. So no. I, don't, I don't really know. We, we definitely need a midfielder. Uh, and it was the priority signing and we haven't signed that person yet. So uh, for me, I think that's, it's a gaping hole. You know, if we don't sign a midfielder, yes, you know, we can carry on with the players that we've got and we've got enough midfielders there. But I think it's going to really dampen what we can do this season if we don't get that player in. I guess we know with this board as well. They're so they're so switched on, and they like to spend the money in in the right way. I mean, they will spend the money if they have to. They've they've absolutely shown that, but they've also shown that they can't get the kind of player that they want. They will wait. So you mm. know, there's every chance we could be going in with what we've got in midfield. I, I think we'll 100% sign one one more player, and then I think if something really really interesting comes up towards the end of the window, I think we'll get that second player in. But you could easily look at it as well and say we might not get anyone else and, and would both of you be happy with that? Yeah, I would. And I think, I think you know, you speak about, about waiting for players. I, th- I think we'll get Campbell next season as well. I think Campbell will come. Um, I think when we've been, you know, sniffing around him, I think, you know, I think we're just showing interest. I, I, I think it would be highly unfair to take Campbell and Bundea, um as well as Ings and Ward Price. I don't, don't say that happening. Oh, you've said in a year, haven't you? It won't happen yeah, this summer. Yeah, I mean, either either in January or or next summer, um, something something will happen with with Campbell for sure. I can see him being at Villa next year. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, we can sit here all day and we can talk about what we need and and talk about players and this and that. Those guys know. Those guys know what they're doing. Perslow, Smith, Scouts, head of recruitment, Johan Lang. You know, even the owners. Like these guys are like they're proper. They're proper. You know, they're proper kind of best in class, as we yeah. say, um, at their at their individual roles. And I have nothing but trust. You know, they can whatever they decide to do. I will back fully. Um, and you know, I'm more than happy um, if we don't sign another player. I'm more than happy because my always, you know, my thing was we need a striker and we need, an, uh, you know, for me the main priorities were another striker and cover at centre back and that's been addressed and the rest. So, the, yeah, if we don't sign anybody else, then then for me it's still a, it's still another ten out of ten window. Yeah, obviously you and myself, Omar, we we did a show on the busiest day in Aston Villa history last last week. I think it was Thursday with, with all the signings, and we didn't really talk about Twanzai because it hadn't gone through. But how pleased are you to see him come in and, and replace Angus? Because essentially he's replaced someone who didn't play a minute of football last season. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a, it's a no-brainer from Villa's perspective. You know, Twanzai's played at Villa. He knows the club. He's adored by fans. He's he's an excellent player. Um, he's had injury problems, of course, but for for a for a, a player like him to come in and be there as, uh, yeah, as a backup to Konza and can play right back and play centre midfield as well, it's so, you know, the depth is amazing there. You know, we haven't had that kind of depth at centre back for a long, long time. From his perspective, it's a bit of a weird one for me because obviously I, I imagine he wants to play games. So I'd imagine get a move to Newcastle probably would have been more suited. But mm-hmm. I think it's guarantees in, in some. Yeah, respects. so I'm not sure. I mean, it's a long season. There's cup games and everything and. You know, we were lucky that neither Konzo or Mings got injured last season. Uh, likewise with Watkins as well, you know, with Ings coming in as well. So you can never say never with, with, with especially playing a centre-back. You know, the uh, players play through pain barriers, I'm sure. So I think it's important to have that cover. Uh, and, and I'm sure he will get minutes. But, you know, I, I hope we've got something there to sign him permanently because I think he's an excellent player. Me too, me too. But I guess we'll see. But, but I mean, that we're stacked now in, in defence, I think. Uh, and right back, we talked about. Yes, I mean, Gilbert is, is, a, is, a, is a downgrade from cash, but I think he can do a job. Whether he stays, I don't know. But uh, Kessler's out on loan. I think he's the, he's the long-term, mm. r- long-term backup or long-term right back for us anyway. So, yeah, 
I think Twanzebi is an excellent signing. It, it makes sense. It's a no-brainer for us. So, uh, yeah, I, I just saw the comment there. Five million loan fees, Twanzebi. Apparently, that's yeah. that the rumour. I'm not sure about that, but... He'd be covering wages as well. It'd be four yeah. million. Only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, but I think these days, five million pounds for someone of his quality, you know, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying it's expensive, but it is on the high side, but it is a terrible business, you know. If, it, if, you, bought, if you signed him on a five-year contract, you know... Yeah, you pay twenty five million. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? It's five million with his wages. You know, I think exactly. that's pretty standard nowadays, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I like I like the you know we've we've shifted away from this mentality where we had in the first season where we won't buy players on loan, uh, so we won't get players in on loan because you know short term thinking. But we we need that with FFP as well. You know, this that that deal allows us to then spend big on a midfielder now uh, yeah. and give us this room. Whether we do this in this window or next window, I guess we'll see. But uh, for me, I, yeah, don't talk about ten out of ten window. I think for me, it's probably eight out of ten at the moment. Uh, I think if we get that midfielder, then it'll be ten out. Which, which considering we've lost Jack, is yeah. I mean, the owners and pairs low, and, and all these transfers, I think, have the hallmarks of Rob McKenzie as well. You know, mm. this is what he does. He, you know, his job and Langer's job will be to develop these players, sell them for an inflated fee, and then replace them and build the squad better with players that can do job, you know, jobs in different areas that that will replace the attributes that they have, and that, that's what we're doing, and that's the way you build a sustainable football club. So. It's great to see. It's great to see us being run properly, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed that the fruits of the labour, you know, come to fruition. Yeah, I think on that, like we're not. I think you know the the frustration for me back in the day when we lost Barry Young, Milner, and, and Downey, etc. We were a selling club back then. We're not a selling club. Like we're just not a selling club. Uh, end of story. So, um, you know, hundred million pound. I think to get our assets off us now, you're going to have to pay some serious, serious money, and. Um, like everyone's got a price, but the the big thing for me is we are not a selling club, and the only way for us is 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 up and up and up. Um, and yeah, yeah, these guys are these guys are another level. Yeah, we've got the other thing that, that separates us from everyone else is we've actually got owners with money. We, we've got money. You know, COVID's affected Premier League teams even in an, in an awful lot of ways. I mean, the championship's a completely different ball game. Now there's no money there unless you've recently been relegated at all. But, you know, my Premier League teams, not many people can, can afford to go out and spend money. And we could before we sold a player for £100 million. Pounds. Yeah, and exactly. And, you know, we talked about FFP last time. And I think if FFP wasn't there, the owners would even spend more, to be honest. I don't mm. restricted by, by funds. I think, you know, we're in a buyer's market, let's not forget as well, which is, which is an advantage for us because... You know, lots of players are out there that want to move that haven't moved yet. Um, mm. Clubs want clubs want money in; they want income in. Um, and as the as the market goes on, as the window goes on, I think you might see some some good deals to be had. And I think Villa are there to take advantage of that, which is probably why we haven't bought a midfielder yet. Uh, we yeah, can take advantage. Yeah, exactly. We took advantage of it in January. Uh, we took advantage of it with with Santa. We took advantage of it last summer. You know, the, apart from Man City, you know, there's there's not been any owners that put more that's put more into their club in the last ten years than Aston Villa. Um, and obviously, with the recent documentary that, that's come out, I think uh, uh, about what went on in the previous uh, regime, I think we can only be glad and, and thankful for that. But I think the key really now is, you know, we want a sustainable football club. We want to be able to do that. And, and Dolan is completely right. You know, we're only going to sell players if it's going to be for the right fee, and then we know we can build. Uh, on the back of that and, and continue to progress and that, that's the key Can I just say do you know what's really frustrating is when people are saying Villa are spending the Grealish money already when well, we're not as Omar said we would be spending this is the way we, this is the way these guys operate anyway we're with or without Jack Grealish going for £100 billion pounds. you know again I wish I wish the media and some of the some of the fans would actually do do their research before they they, they start talking about Aston Villa because you know we are not spending the Jack Grealish money end of story so that's a bit of a bugbear of mine. We have we have the money. We're absolutely minted. We're owned by some of the you know elite businessmen in the world. So that that's that's been a bit of an, an annoyance of mine, you know. Um, but yeah, I just, I just thought I'd, I'd get that off my chest. Well, luckily for us, in the last couple of weeks, I seem to have been asked to be on every show possible. So I'm going around and saying stuff like that. So I'm trying to get the message out there that Villa is serious and there's some serious financial power and clout at our football club and behind our owners. Omar, you touched on it there. The Men Who Sell football documentary on Al Jazeera investigations yesterday. Watched it myself this morning. Bringing back, bringing back some. I'm laughing. 
because I look back at some of the stuff that mm. happened now. I mean, we're in such a good position that you can yeah. look back at it and laugh, but it could have been so, so different. I, I mean, the key really is look at Derby. I think that, mm. that's yeah, look, 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 look at that sliding doors moment right there in terms of playoff. But even the season before, you know, thank you, Steve Bruce, and thank you, Tom Kearney, because without you two, there's, there's, there's no way that we would be where we are now. And it was, as Dolan said, it was a blessing in disguise we lost that playoff final because it allowed the financial problems that we were in to come to, to the forefront and allowed uh, allowed us to get new owners. And, and and I suppose, you know, what's happened there, whether Tony Gio was a front, which possibly he was, uh, you know, I, I don't disagree that maybe he had an affinity for the club and wanted to do the best for the club, but, you know, whether he was a paid actor or whatever, and the, the Samuelson fella, you know, there was lots of people there worried about him. And I think those uh, worries are, uh, you know, warranted now looking back in hindsight um i think we yeah. as fans you know we want it's the same you know we we want the best for the club we have to be optimistic so when zia came in when he was tweeting and we were spending money left right and center we were thinking oh great you know we're building a club again but in reality it's probably the wrong way to go about it um but in all fair in all fairness to to, to Gia and those guys like it's kind of what we needed you know because the club was like in terms of the, the whole twitter thing you know it kind of yeah Kind of galvanized, kind of galvanized all the fans, really. If that, in a, in a really weird way, you know, um, yeah. and it brought the fans a lot more, a lot closer to the club. And um, it's kind of what what the fans needed was was that. It did boost us in some strange it, ways. It, it did correct. in a weird, in a very weird way. It, it it's what we needed at that moment. And um, you know, again, like the players we had in that first season and even in the second season, like you know, we should have gone straight up. Automatically, the second series, especially the second season, especially the second season. But um, you know, I, I look more at Lerner and, and and how we got how we got into that into that mess. You know, in terms of Steve Hollis being um, you know being the man that, that that sold us off to to whoever it was, Salmonson, Gia, who knows? I mean, I've, I've interviewed Steve Hollis essentially. Yeah. The guy was just doing his job, and he's passed. They passed the AFL test. So I, I heard. I heard. Really I, heard I heard. This, I heard the podcast, and you know he comes across as a as a as a as a as a good as a good guy. But again, I'm hoping this documentary can unearth some some things because I'm sure there's some really rotten owners out there. There's some, you know, look at Leeds. You know, there's been some owners over the years that are just horrendous. Notts County. Look at Notts County. I mean, they're. They're non-league now, you know, and um, it's so sad. It's so sad. Bolton. I mean, there's so many teams that you could, you could, you could list off. The Portsmouth, yeah. Sun- Sunderland. I mean, it just the list. at Sheffield Wednesday. The list goes on. Very and, well bust. Um, I, suppose, I suppose one thing that Tony Gia did well was um, was sell to, and that's it. Yeah, he's he, he, he so It's unbelievable. I yes. don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. Uh, you know, and you look at whoever owned the club at that time. Someone. Like someone needs a, a pat in the back because Lerner sold it to those to those absolute frauds, but the frauds that we had sold it to, <laughs> sold it to to Nisi Suarez and, and Wesleyans, which is very strange how you can how you can sell to somebody that impressive. So if there's a legacy, you know, there's not much legacy there, but for them to do what they did and, and to get in to get in the owners that we have now um, and the CEO that we have and the management, et cetera, et cetera, is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 mad how the how the how the shift, you know, yeah. how the seas change really. Yeah, I, com- I completely I completely agree. Sorry about Dan. Huh? Uh, I completely agree with uh, with Dolan around Landy, Randy Lennon then because I remember at the time when we were looking to sell, he was looking to sell the club property for a few years, and mm. there was various rumours, and you know there was a, there was a there was a document that went out which was a tender document. Uh, to sell the club, and and I remember speaking to Trevor Birch. I was working at BDO at the time, and you know, obviously Trevor Birch now is. You know, a well-known person, but at the time there, he did only be known for saving clubs like Chelsea. Uh, and he was saying at the time that the price was too high and there's not going to be anyone looking to bid because Villa were on a downward spiral and, and Randy Lerner wanted too much. And I think obviously what happened was he just took the offer that was that was the best for him and he didn't really think about the club at the time, which, you know, for, for Tony Gere, you know, for everything, all, all the bad things he did and whether it was him or whoever it was behind him, the one thing you can thank him for is, is selling to Eden Suarez. And, and it's, a, it's a, a very small thank you, obviously, because mm. he... Yeah, I don't think people realise how close we were to going out of business. You know, mm-hmm. there was, you know, I, I was involved in a little bit. There was, there was a big scramble, uh, and literally it was hours away from going under. Uh, there was a big scramble to get money in, 
to get investors to just plow a couple of million quid in just to save the club to pay the bill. Otherwise, we would have gone under. And there was, you know, there was. I won't, I won't go into too much detail, but Howard Hodgson is one Villa fan that Villa fans can thank, I think, big time. Uh, he's talked about it in another podcast, but uh, you know, he he, had, he played a he played a massive part in helping us keep our football club. Um, yeah. and, and 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 we were so 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 close to not having an Aston Villa and having to start all over again. Yeah, he's a really really good guy, Howard. Oh, I've got a lot of time for him personally. To, yeah. to be perfectly honest, I mean, I think as I say, you look back at it now and and laugh. I mean, you two both know some of the stories of some of the stuff that happened to me around that time. I mean. It's definitely, definitely the best thing that they're not there anymore. But I do miss having the Villa owner sliding into my DMs on a regular basis to ask my opinion on things. When I look back at that now, that's a, you, you should have, I should have known that the football club was in trouble when I'm getting asked my opinion on, what, on what's going on. There must have been some serious problems behind the scenes if they thought I was the best sounding board. So we should probably do a podcast on it at some point because, honestly, you sound like you've got some stories, Omar. I've got so, so many stories that people wouldn't believe. It was just a crazy, crazy year for me that that second season that absolute <laughs> madness some of the things that happened so I've one day I, w- I will talk about it I have to go I have to go through my phone because there was some absolute joke stuff that was happening right then before we go let's finish with our hopes and dreams section let's do our predictions I mean I did prediction yesterday for the Premier League on my who scored podcast and I'm bound to I've got tons of things wrong but I did predict Villa to finish seventh what did you both think Oh, Mark, go ahead. You go oh, I, I went seventh as well, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we can be the best of the rest, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, that's me being ambitious. I, but then again, I said top 10 last season and any other season we would have got top 10 with that points tally. So I, I think there's no reason why we can't do that. No, there's definitely reasons to be optimistic. Dolan? Um, I'm going I'm going sixth. Ooh. I'm going sixth. I'm going fifth or sixth. Um, but let's go sixth. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to 5pm Saturday when you tell me we're no better than mid-table. <laughs> it's now be probably <laughs> 10 cans deep, so it'll, it'll not matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to big myself up too much, but I, I called, I called the relegate, I called the relegation scrap in the first season. Uh, I said top 12. I said top 12 last season, and um, and I'm going sixth. I'm going sixth this season. Again, we spoke about it at the show. Like what Look club? That trick. But what club has really invested in their squads? They will. Teams will. They'll get twitchy before the end of the window. Yeah, but we know what happens when, when clubs get twitchy. They sign their own players, you know? Like, mm. we've been, again, so measured, so measured. And I just think, yes, City have spent a bit, hundred million. Chelsea are going to spend 97, whatever it is. But they're on, it's on one player. We're, you know, we're buying, you know, we're, we're buying strength and depth and quality all over the pitch. So, um I, I fancy us to. I, I fancy us to be the best, the the, the highest p- um, placed team in the Midlands as well. I think we'll. I think we'll overtake Leicester this season. That's a big shot. I had Leicester down as I think that's a massive, massive shot. I think yeah. they'll probably just that's finish fifth again, Leicester for the yeah. third season running. Really. Top do. scorer Omar Wesley Keenan. Who are you going for? Uh, yeah, uh, no, Danny Ings. I reckon 16, 16 goals I've gone that's for. Exa- exactly what? the same as me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What Watkins close behind as well. Nice to have two goal scorers, isn't it, Dolan? Who, who do you think is going to win that race between the two of them? Because you've said Ings, I'm going to go Watkins. <laughs> clever. Um, because Ings can drop a little deeper at times. Um, and the, I think I think I'll probably change my mind uh, on the last day of the season. No, I think um, <laughs> I think I think I'll go Watkins just because I just think. I just think he's a machine. I just think he's going to get better and better and better and better. And I know it was only against Walsall in the first game of the season. But he just looked, he just looked leaner and meaner. And he just, yeah, I just think he's and the confidence as well. I mean, to do what he did in his debut season, you know, coming from where he came from, you know, Exeter, Brentford, the, the price tag, and I thought he was unbelievable. Um, and he's going to be playing with better players. He's got better players around him as a unit. Um, and players that are going to get better because again the team's had another season, another season to gel. And I, I just think, I, I just think he's going to be. I, th- I think he'll be starting for England as well. I think he'll be in that England squad as a regular, no doubt about it. I mean, to be fair, the, play, the players that we've signed, I do think they actually help Watkins. I think, I think they I suit think so. his game. I think Brendan Aaron Ings pressing along with him, I think that would really help him. Player of the year, Omar. I'm going to go for Konza. Konza. Yeah. Speaks for itself, really, Dolan. Uh, you go and then I'll, I'll go. Oh, okay. I'm going to go Buende because I think Villa fans are going to be quite taken by surprise by one, his feisty side and two, 
his pressing side and with his skills as well. I think he's just a player that Villa fans are absolutely going to love. So I'm going to go Buendia. Um, I was going to go Martinez, but I hope he isn't as busy as he was last season. So I'm going to go with uh, Leon Bailey. Nice. Pace. Villa fans like pace. We've not had much of that over the last few this years. Adama, Adama 2.0. I think, I think we're going to... We're going to see. With, with more end product, hopefully. Product. I mean, he's shown he's got end product in the Bundesliga, so you'd expect him to do the same in the Premier League. I'm going to come to you first this time, Dolan, because you're shirking and listening to what I've <laughs> Young player of the year. Um, uh, probably going to go with but this, but then, but this, but then, but this, but this, but this, um, but just depending, is there, is there an age limit up until what age? It's 22, 23, 23, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What age is Bundia? Good question. I think it's about 24, 25. 24, 25. Yeah. No, I'm going to go with yeah. this and uh, Chuck Wemeka is close second. <laughs> I love the fact we've got a player called Badais and a player called Chuck Wemeka. Yeah, it's Badais is the one that you that you're struggling to pronounce. Chuck Wemeka is absolutely fine, but Badais, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Can't do that. Um, uh, what about you? Well, I was I was going to go with Chuck Wemeka, but I've been quite impressed with Jacob Ramsey, to be honest. And, and I, I thought he might go out on loan, but he seems to have put on uh, uh, put on some some muscle uh, and looks a, a much like bigger. You. Quite big. Like, it looks physically ready for Premier League football. Yeah. It looks, it looks good. So, I don't know. It's between them two, but I think, I think Jacob Ramsey might, might nick it. I think maybe he'll have a part to play. I'm gonna go for Karner. Trip with Mecca, player I really like. I think he'll, he'll probably get more football than we think he will at times because he wants to play because he'll have big clubs circling around yeah. him like yeah, the Bundesliga yeah. teams do. If he's not in, if he's not near the team, he was first off the bench. Well, except for Jets there, he was first outfielder off the bench on on Sunday, which was quite encouraging. As soon as Watkins went injured, it was Carney. It was Chuck chucked. That's nothing. So yeah, think, the fact that Smith. I don't know the, those last two games against Chelsea and Spurs weren't weren't much to play for, but I think the fact that Smith put him on. Mm. Um, in those in those two games when we were in the lead as well, I think it was just to see is kind of test is is you know test the character and strength the character and listen he could have scored the winner against uh, against Tottenham as well you know he came close just just off the post but um, yeah I uh, I I think I think he's uh, he's one to watch and again you just need to think about these the youngsters that we have. You know, I like Brad Young. I like to see Brad Young get some football. I think he yeah, looks no, great. No, subs, mate. Louis Barry's gone on loan. You know, it's not you know unheard mean? of. He'll be on the bench at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, just that that the confidence and swagger to to to, to take the penalty the way he took it in the in the youth cup final. I just think the guy's got something about him. You know, he's he's got a he's oh, got Brad a bit Potts. about him. And yeah, yeah, Brad Potts as, as Tommy called him. Um, so yeah, so much, so much amazing young young talent to to pick from. Yeah, and finally, are we going to win any cups? Yes. Whatsoever. Yes. Which one are we yes, going to win? Am I? Not the Premier League. The, we're going to win the FA Cup. Going to win the I FA believe, Cup. I believe the one one cup that everyone wants us to win because I mean I've seen us win two League Cups. I haven't seen us win anything Sorry. else. But I think fans older than us who've seen us win the European Cup, who've seen us win the the you know first division. A League Cup. I've never seen us win the FA Cup, so I think that's the one that everyone wants us to win. But for me, I think cups. I, I'd rather finish like ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Win a win cup. That, when you look back, or you think when I look back, I don't think about the team that finished fourth or finished fifth. I think about the team that won the League Cup. That, that's where I look back on. That's what I fun memories of, and that's what I want us want us to be doing. I mean, you've forgotten about the Intertoto Cup, the Peace Cup, and the Cup of Traditions there, Omar. But yeah, it's been a been a and, while since. And the, since and the playoff right. final. Oh, I don't count that. I definitely don't count that. But I will count the cup of traditions. I will definitely count that one. But I don't. I don't count the playoff for, playoff cup for some reason. Emirates, uh, Emirates Cup will be next season. Emirates Cup. <laughs> Dolan, what do what do you say? Cup, no, win I, don't, I don't think we will. I don't think we oh. will. Yeah, I'd like us to, but I just if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go for a cup to win, I think the one we will win will be the league cup. But uh, I just I just don't see us. I just think we're 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 going all guns blazing for that top six. I just think that's that's the focus. You know, we're going all guns blazing for top six and for Europe. Um and I think the club a bit like Man City, that you know, they want to win the Champions League. They're not really pretty bothered on the Do they know him you Man City because they tackle the bloody cup seriously. Yeah, we a lot of big sides don't. They we do. Really, really just want to get into Europe. Once we're in Europe, I it think it gets you in Europe. It does get you in Europe. Yeah, yeah, true, true. 
But no, I, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you will. I think we'll, we'll be aiming for that top six, and I, I think if we do win a cup, it'll be, uh, it'll be the league cup. And um, yeah, there's some some big teams. Blues won tonight. Derby won tonight. Stoke won tonight. So uh, yeah, there'll be uh, some big, some big teams, and then right after nine blues, of, straight after. Couple of couple of tasty couple. Of, well, in terms of teams to play <laughs> for us. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, the, I think the draw's on Wednesday. Wednesday I think the draws tomorrow. Right, yeah. Bellingham's yeah. 15-year-old brother was on the bench for Blues tonight, wasn't he? The number 39 shirt. That'll be retired in the next 10, 15 minutes. So yeah. I would have thought, yeah. sure, we won't be seeing a number 39 for Blues again. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, you know what? It might even just be the FA Cup semi-final, but I think we've got used to having a Wembley day over the last mm. few seasons. We skipped it the year that we couldn't have any fans in. They've been waiting for us to come back. So even if it's an FA Cup semi-final... I think that'll be a trip to Wembley at some point during the season. Yeah, well, the last time I saw you was um, was the cup final. Yeah, that's the last time I saw a lot of people. To, to be perfectly honest, it's been a, been a strange eighteen months, hasn't it? But I think that that would do us on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think that would do us for the first podcast, our new venture, the podcast back at the Villa View, the pod that's been named by someone that wasn't me because I don't remember giving that the okay. Big, up, but that's big up to cool. big up to Adam and and Cole. Yeah, it's looks good. looking smooth. It's looking yeah, nice. Looks good. Looking really big, nice. So, well done, big lads. up to Luke. Big up to Luke as well for continuing to sponsor us and continuing to give us the twenty percent off code. If you use that code, which is TVV twenty, you will get twenty percent off most items on the website. For those of you that missed it, Omar and myself did a transfer show last week. There's a lot of relevant information still in there, and I was at Villa Park last week to do a preview with Tommy Elphick and Ian Taylor. I mean. Not for what I say, but from what them two say, it, it's an interesting listen. So yeah, Very go back and Very check that out. Production value not that great because I was even I watched this. I watched it all, and I don't tend to watch yeah. a lot of those things. I watched it all. I thought it was it was excellent. Um, you only watched it because Tommy Alfie's your best friend is at a James Chester now. That's the only reason yeah. you watched. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, listen, if it wasn't for me, Tommy wouldn't be doing that. So that's 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 another thing. That's why. <laughs> another, another name drop. Yeah. <laughs> A sly little dig at Dole in there. Hopefully, I mean, just in there that Richard Ryan's enjoyed tonight's podcast. Yeah, we're going to make this a, a weekly thing. The day and the time might vary slightly because of Dolan's hashtag lifestyle. But yeah, we'll be doing a one pod a week, the three of us. So yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. There will be a purity post-match point. Obviously, now... They're not going to be straight after the game most of the time, I wouldn't think. So it'll be the day after. Keep an eye on our socials and we'll let you know when that's coming on Sunday. So, yeah, hopefully everyone's enjoyed it. Hopefully we all enjoy the game on Saturday as well. It'll be great to have the fans back in the stadium and up the villa. The villa. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.